Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Fun jazz. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another AfterBuzz TV after show for Intruders. This is season one, episode two. I feel I feel like I'm on NPR. We discussed this. Uh, season one, episode two. And here, you must listen. I am your host for the evening, Anna Koppel. And returning... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I'm it. Will Link. And joining the panel... Uh, intruding, if you will. Oh. Isaac Johnson. It was good when you tweeted it. Not everyone follows me on Twitter, so I feel like I had to hit that again. Well, after this, after being part of this show, everyone will follow you on Twitter. Oh, yes. The world. The world world is watching. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Another, another really confusing episode. Although I feel, oddly, it's less confusing, even though it's still confusing. Less confusing. More layered. Every time I feel like I know what's happening now, boom, I don't. Well, you know what I thought was great about about this episode? First of all, it had a lot more, I think, action and even humor than mm-hmm. in the first one, which I thought was was helped it along. Sure. And also, um, the even though the overall mystery, we still have no real idea, but there was at least some a little bit more tangible, easy to follow mystery of 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 a Jack, you know, using his cop skills to try yeah. to track down what happened to Amy. And you can follow that storyline pretty clearly. What happened to Amy? Well, that's another story. Yeah. No, I and I agree. And using his cop skills, did did either of you feel at any point that it it felt like a little bit like a buddy cop movie? Oh, you mean with him and George? Yeah. The, the taxi cab driver rolling around? Well, yeah. To have a black guy and a white guy, that's like, buddy cop uh, right, yeah. formula. And, so. Yeah, and exactly. It's like Jack Whelan, a retired cop, comes <laughs> yeah. out of retirement and is joined by, you know, street-savvy George <laughs> yeah. Brackett. And together Reluctantly they're... Reluctantly dragged in to... 
Yeah. You know, somebody's there's... getting too old for this. <laughs> exactly. But he, he's like relating. He's like, you know, and it's, they're fighting the battle in Seattle. Well, I don't know. You, you, yeah. It's a working title. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's keep working. <laughs> let's, <on>. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> just, just, anyway. Okay. So, uh, so just really quickly to touch on, um, you know, Oz has a replacement now. Oz mm-hmm. Turner has a replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim Truth. Tim Truth. Yeah. Maybe not his given name. <laughs> Perhaps not, but um, but I like you know Professor Purdue, mm-hmm. Tim Truth. Again, I'm loving that there's this X Files lone gunman element to this show. Like True. there are these guys out there seeking the truth, and uh, again talking about uh, uh, Bill Anderson or whatever, talking about yep. talking about him that they're they're out there still defending him wherever he may mm-hmm. be. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Uh, I don't know if either of you or anybody has ever spent any time in El Cajon, California, uh, but I have. And mm-hmm. uh, it's literally a place where when people get out of prison, uh, they're they're like dropped off from the prison bus. They're dropped off in El Cajon and okay. just, you know, here's your clothing that you came in with and good luck. It is a whole of a place. Oh wow! In California, yeah. great place to live. Sounds Start delightful. a family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, really run a podcast at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why these people, these fringe podcasters, go out there to broadcast. Yeah, yeah, because they probably seem less crazy in those areas, wouldn't you say? Yeah. No one comes up. No one asks questions there. Lots of meth in El Cajon. True. These are all facts, folks. Okay. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So welcome to facts about El Cajon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what this podcast. That's what we're here for. Okay, uh, I, I get your point. Okay, so <laughs> so we touched on uh, Tim Truth. He only had that one scene, but I hope that the, that element continues on the show. Yeah, he's rocking a glorious beard, by the way. Too really, uh, really impressed by that beard. It's a good crazy man beard. You got to have a th- really long, thick beard to just because. To stop the truth. Just because he's saying something that's unpopular doesn't make him crazy. I didn't say he was crazy. But you said a crazy man I? beard. You did. Okay, I did say he was crazy. Now you sound crazy. Yeah, I now I do. Really. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, okay. So anyway, moving on. Madison's missing. Um, her parents are are freak. Well, her mother's freaking out. We meet the father. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not her real parents, though, right? Because they. Doesn't uh, Shepard check something about who her parents are? Well, there was the line that they said about her going out to find the truth about her parents. Mm-hmm. So, is the, I guess this adds now a new layer to the Madison character and the mystery behind this. That Are these her real parents? I guess not. No, I think the line was maybe she went out to find out what happened to her parents. And they're, they're just kind of separated right now. And I, I think... I think... I think this is my interpretation is mm-hmm. that uh you know their child is missing they can't really um they can't issue an amber alert because there's no proof that she's been abducted right uh and so the the parents are sort of blaming themselves like you know because they are having maybe a trial separation or whatever the mom has sort of taken yeah. off for a couple of days she's, child. she's having an affair she's definitely having yeah, an affair yeah well, yeah that comes out yeah um so so I th- I think it was, you know, the parents just like, well, you know, we've driven her to run away because... Because of, of our problems. Right. Yeah. And when I when I said before some of the humor that I found in this episode, okay, yeah. 
it had to do with when Shepard comes there and starts asking these very specific yeah. questions mm-hmm. to the family. Like, oh, did she go find a... Did she ever talk about a Chinese woman named Ding or whatever? And it's like, what? Yeah. Like that, I loved that scene. I thought that was, I thought that was great. Yeah, they started off being pretty rational questions, like an FBI, you know, yeah. guy would ask, I guess, I suppose. And then it's like, did she ever utter this specific phrase? Like, uh, we need to see some ID. I think we do. Yeah. Well, but again, he introduces himself as Special Agent Shepard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they sort of guess FBI. And then yeah. it was like this head gesture, and they invite him in. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that. So this is like again. I feel like it's like a little bit like vampires. Like mm-hmm. they have to be invited in. They have to in- They have to introduce themselves as a full body intruder. Well, you know, know. It, it's it's because I mean the show is also called Intruders, and this guy has been let in now to three different places mm-hmm. where the results are not necessarily for the positive for the people who have let him in. So is there? I mean, we're dealing with a show where there are clearly souls that are able to survive in other bodies and stuff. Yeah. Is there something, do you think there's something supernatural about him that he's, he's able to persuade people like this? Or is it just, is it just that these people are desperate and scared and they just let him in? Yeah. Well, you had talked, uh, last week, I guess, about that a shepherd is maybe like a specific job for them, whoever they are. Um, and maybe if he is, I don't know, an employee of whoever they are, like maybe the, his specific job has to be let in by an invitation and they have different rules maybe than some of the other intruders. Hmm. Yeah. But it seems he does it every time unless he's coming in by force Mm -hmm. as we saw, um, later when he breaks in. Right. Um, also I'm going to take that last week. I was saying, I think Shepard might be a good guy. I don't think that anymore. (laughs) When he crowbarred that guy in the face, I stopped yeah, thinking that. With no good reason. Yeah, it, it seemed unnecessary. Other than that he was walking by like, hey, how's it going? Up? Yeah. Well, well, if we want to get into to, to Shepard a little bit here, he clearly, uh, one of the great things that we won't know whether he's good or bad until we find out what it is he did. Because when he comes in, what's her, am I getting her name right? Was it Ng, Mrs. Ng, Mrs. or whatever? Ng, yeah. yeah. When he when when he goes into her, she is immediately scolds him about like what he had done, or or yeah. the, what you've done is this is going to be a problem for all of us now. They'll kill like, us for what you've done. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he's gone against what he's supposed to be doing. Maybe he's, and I don't know whether that would make him good or bad. Yeah. But. Well, she said specifically that we were there and had like a nine-year-old come through mm-hmm. here before. And maybe that's what really why he's searching for her is because he needs to t- correct something that he's done wrong with getting a nine-year-old versus someone who's older. I guess it's still, we don't know the mechanics of how yeah, this yeah, whole thing that. works. Yeah. So, because I mean, I, there's a reason why a nine-year-old, it's not good for a nine-year-old right. to, uh, to but, be, I guess, to be a the, host or guess. be awakened or have that hope, right. the thing within them awakened. Sure. But he did bring back Marcus, is who he's yeah. looking to yeah. bring back. Mm-hmm. And so, and he said, you know, nine years goes by fast, eh, Marcus? So he, right. he knows what he's done. And it seems like he's after this book, right? Because More so, yeah. Because she said no book was made for Marcus. Right, yeah. yeah and he won't understand it. Right. So, so does everybody, or so I guess we're suspecting everybody whose soul is awakened within somebody else has some sort of book, some sort of guidebook in a weird way? Yeah. Well, maybe, um, and give, um, 
Madison, a different book, because it is like a book that's sort of narrated in, I guess, like an old guy's voice. That's sort of like supposed to be a guide, but if that's not his book, like, I don't know whose book that is. Yeah. I, I feel like she was protecting, I feel like she was lying to Shepard. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was yeah. definitely a yeah. book for Marcus. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, and also, she came up, she was like, right before he kills her, she says, oh, it's almost my birthday, I'm almost 72, which is like a my multiple of nine, you know? Right. Um, so maybe it's like, I don't know, that that she's a nine-year-old starting here. It's like a weird thing that's never happened, but we've got that theme again of um, it happening every nine years. I also, I don't want to get too Da Vinci Code. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I I did some research on the number nine. Uh-huh. Okay. And by research, I mean I wikipedia things about the number that nine. That is considered research, yeah. And um, they, it talked about in a lot of faiths, the number nine symbolizes uh, uh, completeness and conveys a meaning of finality. Yeah. Okay. Which I did not know before doing this. I didn't either. For example, I knew. Uh, Christ <laughs> died on the ninth hour of the day, according to the Bible. All right. All right. Are there no, more examples? Not, yeah, yeah. That's, that was, that's the only one I, I that's wrote That's a pretty down. solid one. I think you came out of the gate a little too strong. I wanna, yeah, when built, you lead built with up Christ, to the Christ yeah. then, you, you know. All the other ones aren't as good, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> it's like the ninth Bloodsport movie is, you know. Bill, Bill's oh, yeah. we got him in the booth with that one. Laugh from the booth. That's <laughs> good. Um, yeah. So you were about to say, not to get all Da Vinci Code. Not to get all Da Vinci yeah. Code. Um, but and actually, one of our Orphan Black listeners pointed this out. Um, and her name, Franzi. And I, I never know. And I don't have my phone in front of me. But it's at, uh, I think it's M-O-E-R-E-S-C-H. I think is her Twitter handle. But um, but their apartment number is 126 which nine. equals yeah. nine, yeah. And um, and then I have it on pretty good authority that uh, the the Chinese symbol also stands for nine. Okay. Um, I'm assuming every time there's a number in the show, it's going to be involved the number nine somehow. Yeah. It's also yeah. maybe like a marker of whoever the intruders are, maybe. Like, it's how you know where they're at. Nine letters in intruders. Yeah. I, the ninth letter in the alphabet. Wow. Oh, whoa. It's getting deep. Getting deep. Whoa. This yeah. is getting deep. Yeah. This may, I didn't realize I was going to have to do, like, numerology yeah. and things like that. Me on this either, episode. but... My name um, begins with I. That's also the ninth letter. Um, I mean, that has nothing to do with anything. It's probably more coincidence, but I um, like think it does. But that is, that is the simple-minded... <laughs> Conclusion is that I don't know. It's well, the easiest conclusion. Yeah. The way this episode started, also with a again with with Madison and this this actress uh, Millie Brown, who I think is doing a fantastic job mm. as a little girl. She's looking up at a clock, Kidding. and I'm I'm waiting for it to turn to nine. I'm like, what's going to happen when it turns to nine? And she clearly it like it seemed to snap her out of it in a way mm-hmm. because then she seemed to go back to little girl mode. Like, what's this in my pocket? Like, what is this? And it's really hard to tell at this point who is in charge and when they're in charge, Marcus or Madison. And I haven't really detected a rhyme or reason as to who's in control of her when yet. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys. Well, but we we talked about this last week that maybe um, this happens in cycles of nine years and that um, that maybe Amy has been dreading her birthday because this happened nine years ago on her birthday and so for nine years she's been invaded by this soul and she's been anticipating Mm -hmm. this and so so maybe this is now ongoing 
I, I don't I don't know. Well, but, but didn't it seem like she was like a little girl there again for a minute? Yeah. But then almost right away she went back to being Marcus. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. was it because she was reading the book and that kind of brought him out more again? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out is it always Marcus in control or does Madison have some control here? It's a great question. I mean, I did sort of think too. Like, I wonder if the host. I guess of the intruder is aware, excuse me, <clears throat> aware of the person in their body at the time with, uh, who's the woman that, that kills herself in, uh, in the first episode? Donna? Yeah, or not Donna. Not Donna. Not Donna. <laughs> yeah. Like she, she killed herself, but I wonder if like she's sort of aware that, like I wonder if she's aware of the intruder having to exit the body every nine years or something like that. I don't know. And I wonder if that, you know, now that I think about it in that episode with Donna, not Donna, was if if every nine years the possibility of someone coming into your body or oh. coming into your soul was, originally I thought they were exercising a soul from her, but could a soul have been coming into her and sure. that person chose to kill themselves? Because last week I was all from the idea that maybe it was the reverse, but now maybe not. Oh, that's no, that's totally what happened. That's- well, then I was lost. Yeah. I thought it was the opposite. I had that thought that maybe it was them trying to put a soul or whatever into the body. Yeah, that the soul came in and then that person killed the body. I thought the soul... We didn't really talk about this, I guess, in, in, ter- in this terms. Because I thought the soul was leaving for some reason. I thought they were coming to collect the soul in a way. But now I don't think that, so maybe I shouldn't even mention it. But that's that's what I thought last week, and I guess I didn't realize we weren't on the same page on that. A lot of soul swapping on the show. Lots of soul swapping, and, and, and again, soul searching as well. And again, if anybody has a better way for us to refer to these people, yeah, because I don't know whether to call her Madison or Marcus at this point, because it's clearly Marcus who's telling like telling off the the uh, the. The guy at security yeah. at the train station. So the little Madison wouldn't be calling a guy an asshole, you know. Oh, well, we don't know that for sure. Could be a thing. I would think not, but yeah, sure. And like, what a what a day that we live in, where this guy just stands there and says nothing when this small child calls him an asshole. I just feel like that's totally unacceptable behavior <laughs> from a child. Well, you know, you would think if he was really concerned about her not getting on the train, he might be like, oh, let's find out where your parents are, kid. No. I was very glad that when she approached that guy in the train station and was like, hey, I'll give you this money. You pretend to be my um that the guy, like, laughed her off. Like, yeah. Because rationally... You shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Although later in the episode, we see somebody does is willing to take her somewhere well she offered her a lot more money that's true so what's it what's your price what do you, what do you think how much money does a to small child pick have up to a nine-year-old my number is none i will not yeah i feel nine-year-old. like it's a lot riskier for a man too i, uh, I sure yes yeah. <laughs> so, so how much how about you you seem to have a number yeah then. Kinda like 50 bucks, <laughs> 50 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> you're, you're easy on this okay, yeah i'm you know. broke too so, so nine-year-olds yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for someone to smuggle you across straight li- state lines yeah. i'm your girl on a, you know. on a open for business for <laughs> um, so she had this book the book what do we think of the book I'm I'm confused by the book. There's there are a lot of secrets in that book. Yum. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, great. So, yeah. so Sorry, I'm like, I okay. didn't have much thoughts in the book. Just well, you it, know what? I mean, clearly, like, I mean, I'm under the impression, like, it is some sort of, it is guidebook. And they gave yeah. us some really wonderfully creepy images to, uh, carry us along with that the decomposing bunny rabbits and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. crying angels statues and things and who is going to write the books now that Mrs. Ng is dead is that do you think there's more than well the other thing that I keep wondering about is the hierarchy in this uh and again I hope I pronounce it right the K Reverte that's the organization K yeah. Reverte okay yeah uh, what the hierarchy is here, because if Mrs. Ng had any sort of hierarchy in this organization, uh, I don't know if she would have been taken out so easily. So I wonder if there are other people supplying these books, too, and, mm-hmm. and, and well, just what's going on. I have the feeling that the like intruder passes the book to whoever it inhabits next, and they write the book. That was my thought, but hmm. could be wrong. That's actually a pretty good idea. There's such a small handful of them going around, is my assumption. Okay. That um, that could be. Sure. You know, yeah, why not? A small handful of books or souls or both, I guess. Both. I guess how the many... souls, yeah, that you can... Because you know when you give a book to somebody, like, you're never going to give it back. <laughs> so it's it's passed on to that person, and then it's theirs. Yeah, well, she seemed to, again, be getting snippets of... When she started looking through that book, snippets of, like, I guess... Marcus's memories, and again, was that I guess that was Madison getting those snippets, and yeah. But then Marcus was back in control. It seemed perhaps that's the purpose of the book is to remind the intruder like who they are, where they've been, that kind of thing. But if the book wasn't meant for Marcus, except you guys, and <laughs> spoiler alert, but if you didn't watch the previews for next week, it seems like next week Shepard is talking to some guy who declares himself as Marcus. I'm assuming this is... I'm actually excited about that because I was assuming from seeing this we're going to get a little bit of maybe the flashback of the... Uh, yeah. okay. Of um, Shepard and and Marcus and maybe what the beef between them might be. Which will be interesting. You know, I mean, look, this is only an eight-episode season, so they're going to yeah. have to start... I'm under no illusions that this season is going to end with, like, total answers <laughs> but they're gonna have to fill us in on some of this character stuff because i think really there hasn't been uh, the first episode is, it's been so plot driven and so mystery driven that they're gonna have to give us some some a little more character work in these next couple of episodes yeah I hope so. and and that was honestly that's what i think it is i'm assuming that's a flashback okay i'm hoping um yeah that would, it would make, make sense there's yeah. a lot of flashbacks there are flashbacks. Yeah. They did. They did open with flashbacks. Okay, so um, so Madison ends up getting away from Shepard and getting a ride. Yeah, Shepard makes his way to the uh, train station. Yeah, yeah. But Madison gets away. Gets away. M- Madison Marcus. Yeah. Now Madison wouldn't have the the know how, I guess, to elude a uh, an adult, but Marcus does because. He's been. He's, 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 yeah. he's an old. Man. He's an old man. He's, yeah. He could have been living for hundreds of years. Right. That that was the other. He thing. He might be a witch. He could be anything. <laughs> you don't know. Um. Well, that's the other thing. It, it seems like that. You know. Really, we've all as a society been lied to about death, and that we don't have to die. Yeah. Uh, which is very reassuring for me because I'm I'm all in. 
I would join uh, <laughs> Kira Verte in a second. I would be. I would sign up for my soul passing between bodies. I'm holding on to life. It seems like kind of a painful process. I don't know. So every nine years, I go through a little, you know, every twice a year, I got to go to the dentist, you know, every nine years, I, I like my soul just passed to another. You body. were just complaining that you haven't had to work five days a week for nine years. <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. Nine years. That's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, this is getting really creepy. <laughs> Maybe my soul's been inhabited by somebody yeah. who now has a full time Do you job. get to choose the body that you leap to or... Well, that's the other thing, and that's what I'm very curious. You think, because I doubt Marcus said, "Hey, put me in put a nine-year-old." And oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. I said it, and then heard it, and thought, yeah. "No, okay." The, yeah, and I'm assuming he had been in. See, this is what this is where I guess why I thought that maybe they were rather than putting a soul in with Donna, not Donna. This is why I thought maybe they were exercising a soul because I was like, "Who did someone put a soul into?" Baby Madison, was that it? And maybe was that a way to trap Marcus? And maybe that's why. Maybe these aren't her real parents because the, this organization took a baby and put some soul in there. Maybe that was a punishment. Maybe that was a punishment. You're going to have to... You know, I referenced last week the movie Being John Malkovich. And again, I remember the end of that movie where he's trapped in a child. He's always just going to be in the child's consciousness and never get out. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that was it. Maybe this was punishment. Maybe that's what Shepard, uh, or Richard Shepard, that specific Shepard, did to the actual Marcus, and then they tried to hide him in a young person, and then he wakes up at nine, and now he can be chased. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. I mean, this is just... I feel like there's no stupid theories with this show. Yeah. And I say that because I'm making tons of stupid theories. I don't think they're dumb at all. No. I don't think they're stupid at all. Well, don't be so down on yourself, man. Thanks. Well, before we move on, I just want to take a quick second to talk about iTunes. Seems like a good place. Um, we love your comments. We love your feedback. So if uh, you would like to take a second to just uh, leave comments and feedback, we appreciate that so much. Um, iTunes, YouTube, we always love to hear what you have to say. And, uh, and you know, the more we hear from you, the more sort of visibility that we have on the Internet. And then that enables us to get awesome, awesome guests. And uh, and that's it. And then we have lights on here and we continue to show up. It's great. So um, meanwhile, Jack is still looking for Amy. Yes. Where is she? I don't know. Maybe at her law firm, which is I thought. I don't know. I didn't get that she was a lawyer at first. I thought, and when he showed up, it seemed like maybe like a marketing place. Yeah, well, because it just looked yeah. like general corporate, uh, very cold, very, yeah. you know. But it seemed very hip, too. That you just, there was like this column that was lighting up. I didn't get that it was a phone. No? Okay. I don't think Jack got <laughs> it at first either, to be fair. Yeah. I don't know how hip I thought it was. It seemed cold to me. There's nobody yeah. in the lobby, no person there to offer you like a water or a grape soda or anything. I didn't say it was warm and welcoming. It was just like, you know how some places are like, go ahead, Will. Oh, no, no, please. No, that some places are like, this is what it means to be hip because... By ignoring our guests. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah, because yeah. hip people, they don't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we just won't give a crap about yeah. our clients. Okay. Yeah, we're too cool to care. Well, look, this law firm... And that place was real cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real, real cool. This law firm, we all under the impression that this is some sort of also cover for this organization. Absolutely. This has got to be a cover for K. Uh-huh. Reverte. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. Well, because we got Todd in the office. Is that... Was it Todd, Todd, Todd Crane. Todd Crane. Todd Crane. 
in the office there having the chat with Jack and then Jack realizing that maybe he's got to trick him into finding out where she was. And it's like, oh, I was supposed to meet her here. Um, she said she was going to stop by. She didn't stop by. Uh, they're both being pretty cagey, and it yeah. seems like they're both trying to get information out of each other. Todd was being very evasive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. It, it also just kind of seemed like maybe he's just having an affair with Amy. Because, you know, I assumed last week that she was having an affair. Okay. And so, and I don't know, maybe it's just sort of meant to trick the viewer, or maybe I just... You don't trust men. Maybe I just don't... Well, women. Or women, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, um, but, you know, the sort of, like, familiarity um, with both of them, you know? Oh, hey, Jack, how you doing? Todd Crane, you know? Which could happen at company office parties what at holiday office parties mm-hmm. you know and but it's usually the other way around where the boss doesn't remember the spouse but um but you know jack has no idea who this guy is clearly yeah although uh Tom, that was another i like the way he played that up because he clearly didn't know but todd knew him like they had they had clearly met at some point Right, but maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe he's having an affair with his wife, and so he knows all about him. Hmm. And uh, and the way he... It, it was just totally inappropriate. Like, is there something that I should know about Amy? Like, Yeah, pretty personal. Yeah, no, there's nothing that you should know that her husband shouldn't... Yeah. yeah. I I don't think it's an affair. I don't think it's, I don't think it's sexual. But Ma- they ended up at the same condo. Well, you know, they're in the same secret society. They're so <laughs> bad, you know. I, I might who, buy an affair. Who, I, I don't. Well, time will tell. Sure, I might buy an affair though. Uh, it was. It's a, I didn't think about that, but that is a pretty personal question. Like, what? What do I need to know about your wife? Nothing. She's my wife. What do I need to know about my wife from you? Yeah. And what's your relationship? I think if Todd's having an affair with anyone, it's not Amy. It's the. Czar's secret policeman that apparently is inside of Amy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Assassinated a labor strike leader in 1883. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the soul that's been going on uh, in Amy's body, I guess. And I loved that. uh, I thought it was a really creepy uh, little flashback also when he Mm. was dreaming and he remembered a time that Amy kind of just rose out of bed speaking Russian, I guess, and and uh, he couldn't wake her up, and she was acting pretty strange until, of course, it turned 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the 9 o'clock thing. Well, that's also the one of the specific questions that Shepard asked. she ever speak a foreign language? Yeah. Well, I wonder if then, because, you know, last week we talked, they talked about, uh, the, the, the Bill, Bill Anderson or whatever, talked about the organs in the old cathedrals of Europe and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and how the frequency of the the lowest frequency of the, the pipes that, that has the answer to that. So I'm wondering if these are just all like old school, like European, Eastern European people who just know that their souls can go on that have found the way to beat death, if that's what this society is. Like, you know, me is just some single-souled American. I don't know if I could get in on this, but like <laughs> somebody from like the 1700s, 1800s mm-hmm. and, you know. Uh, I'm assuming that's where all this whole society comes from. Only old school 
Europeans. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> okay. I specifically said Eastern Europeans. Okay, only Eastern Europeans. But, but no, but that's what I, I'm assuming that this whole society has been from so far back that all these people, you know, an 1883 uh, czar secret police, you know, stuff like that. Like people who have been around a while. Like I feel like it's the same people who have been doing this for hundreds of years, not necessarily new people getting in on it. But yeah. only since Oregon. <laughs> Only since there were pipe organs okay. in cathedrals. That's what they said last week. Okay. They sure. said that's the key. No, I agree with it. So, you know, like <laughs> I said, I don't think we could break into this organization and be part of it. I think well, we're... I specifically couldn't if it's only like Eastern European. I don't believe that's where my ancestors from. Don't pull the race card. This is <laughs> well, not ridiculous. I'm just saying. The, the man said. I'm like, wow. No the chance. man said. <laughs> Let's get right here. He's a man. You don't consider a will a man. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, anyway, um, so, so yes, just before, uh, before Jack leaves the office, I just want to touch on that, um, you know, Daniela, the, the secretary mm-hmm. or the assistant or whatever the proper terminology is, um, of the secret society of the law firm, they, they sort of like exchange this knowing nod, like, you know, make sure he leaves. Yeah. Uh, and, and then like these two, Shadows at the door, like made sure yeah. that he got on the elevator. It was just, uh, yeah, there was definitely some creepiness going on there. And clearly, people were following him then after that, too. You saw shots of people, like, while he's oh, yeah. sleeping in his car, there are people, like, watching him from, like, bridges and things and street corners watching him. Yeah. And I um, assume this, again, all coming from this law office, which I, again, assume is a cover. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. 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 I mean, no, it could be anything. Maybe they just really take care of their employees. <laughs> they just really want to make sure there's no, like, abuse or anything weird going on in the home. Like, why is he following her all the way to Seattle just for a cell phone? It seems... Where did they, where did they live again? What's the name of the place they live? Uh, um, Birch Crossing. Birch Crossing, yeah. The, um, how, I mean, I now i got to look at a map of Washington, but, like, how far is that from Seattle? Does she go to work in Seattle all the time? Does she only work there a few days a week? Uh, that I was... Last week, there was a shot of, of Jack driving there, and it said Seattle 40 miles. So I don't know if it was 40 miles from Bridge Crossing or if that was the halfway point. I don't know. But Okay. So it's at least 40 miles. Just trying to figure out Amy's commute and what their routine is like as a married couple, which clearly their marriage is not doing well. Right. Right. So, yeah, so he's he's living out of Brud's car. Yeah. Oh, poor, yeah. This poor guy lends him his car. I, another moment of nice humor was later when he was on the phone with him. He's like, whatever whatever I told you, I don't remember. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you know, which I loved. I thought that was great, too. Yeah. It's a moment of honesty. Um, and he starts looking for George, the cab driver. Smart cop thing to do. Smart cop thing yeah. to do. And also, uh, I don't know how he remembered the cab driver's name. I guess that's another smart cop thing. Is that... Just filed it away. Yeah. I guess if you're worried about your missing wife, you <laughs> you keep track of the details. But he was like, just... Yeah. But at the time, it was just a missing cell phone. He also had to leave a reward for him. So oh, okay. he had to know who okay. he was leaving the reward for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and so apparently in Seattle, there's just like this network of cab drivers uh, yeah. and only one named George. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for a George. Which George? The George, I guess. The- He's yeah. very popular amongst the yeah. cab drivers of this town. Yeah. Everything over the race. So uh, and, and George just has like this stand 
uppedness about him. There's a better word for that. Uh, because he not only returns the cell phone, not only calls about it, not only returns it, but then once he hears his name on the radio, shows up for this stranger. He might be hanging out at this bar. Well, well, Go check it out. Well, something clearly about this incident. I mean, he even said that Amy creeped him out because she's talking about working for the czar and like she was saying all these weird things so i guess she left enough of an impression that i'm sure he wanted to know what the bottom of this too yeah well it's not everyday conversation also somebody who lived in 1883 mike oh wait what did you say i'm sorry what year 1883 okay cool and i like the evasiveness in the beginning of their conversation before they kind of warmed up to each other where mm-hmm. even where jack even lies about like his wife's height oh yeah to see cool. if the guy which i thought was nice little dialogue and again it's a, it, it's giving us like i still want to know from a character point like why he's no longer a cop mm-hmm. but i thought it was gr- a great little character thing for him to do to show mm-hmm. how smart of an investigator he can be or how he can get people to open up or talk and, and things mm-hmm. like that. It was a nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cop, cops do be doing that. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. Um, so anyway, so so they team up and um, and George agrees to sort of like drive him around and, and tell him everything that he knows and uh, and Jack's like going through the phone, right? And he sees like some creepy pictures yeah. that are, I don't know, not quite pictures. Well, there was a bl- it was a blurry picture it that like she had on her phone. Yeah, it, it looked did. like a like a pocket picture, like you're pulling out of here and you just happen to hit the button, maybe. Yeah. But she clearly kept it on the phone for a reason. I keep yeah. a lot of phone pictures on my phone for no reasons. No. You know, like a screenshot of just my homepage and. <laughs> Well, if you go if you go missing and I find your phone, I'm going to analyze every single yeah. one of those. Why do you have my phone in this scenario? Well, you know, it was left in a cab, and for some reason, you were the last, I was the last person to yeah. call, so they called me. It's possible. It's possible. It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. So, I hope it doesn't. I think that if I go missing, you're the first person that people should question. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, yeah. yeah. Um, George apparently doesn't need any fares for the day, too, because he's driving around uh, Jack for free. Looks like I didn't see any currency exchange oh uh, jack probably gave him at least another beer <laughs> yeah he, he bought him the one beer george is i like the idea george is working for booze and then he gets in his cab and yeah. drives the streets of seattle yeah um but i um but he did tell jack that he was there with a with a man in the cab that she yeah. wasn't alone which is the first time we were hearing that and i were to believe that man is is todd, todd crane yeah but he said it wasn't Todd Crane, right? No, I thought he said he showed him the the blurry photo, and he said, "Is this was this the man?" He goes, "That's a terrible photo." Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, it sucks. and then uh, yeah, that photo sucks. Yeah, yeah that's what he said. <laughs> and then he later he like he Google image searched Todd Crane mm-hmm. and showed him a photo. And maybe we didn't get a definitive answer to that. I felt like it was no, but, because those the two goons started approaching them and oh right and jack right. was like walk and he's like what and he's like just walk and he's like okay now run okay run and then they started beating him up and at first i was really concerned then i was like oh yeah jack's a cop and so apparently a really good cop yeah very good with the combat there yeah it's totally hardcore yeah 
that hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, that was the most buddy cop of the moment of the show when he kind of took care of business there. Yeah, that was that was very good. Of course, after that, George is out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm assuming that's the last we'll ever see yeah. of George. He's like, he's going to go back to his life, driving a cab. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. yeah I forgot. Uh, I left a beer in my car. Let me go get it real quick. Um, but that was, they did trace back to, that was Todd's condo, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's up in the condo. We see him there at the yeah. end. Right. But so before that, so um you know, one of the one of the goons is about to shoot Jack and then the other one stops him. He's like, "No. She said no." Yeah. So now we're assuming that that's that's Amy that said no. Yeah. Maybe not though. Yeah. Maybe or, it was Mrs. Ng. Uh, who knows. Yeah, or whoever controls Amy, I guess. But was that before or after he was on the phone and they said, you know, like this is Amy." That was that was before. Okay. Right before. Cuz he that the call happened afterwards. Right, right. The, um, I, I gotta assume it's Amy, though. I yeah. don't see, cause she's clearly involved with the Seattle division of, of Kay Reverte or whatever. <laughs> the Seattle division. Cle- she's clearly involved with them. And <laughs> she'd be the only one I can imagine who would give a, cause damn, if Jack lives or dies anyway, because we've seen Shepard, he, he'll just go yeah. in and shoot everybody and burn the house down. So I I assume she's the only one who would care enough about him maybe to let him go. Also, you know, that brings up another thing. These souls that are passing between the bodies, you know, one we see apparently kills the host body, has a suicide Mm -hmm. or whatever. One is drowning cats, you know. They gotta be good souls, though, too, right? I mean, they're, don't they have to be thoughtful, nice souls that I would like to think of my soul passed along to another body? I'd be like a nice guy, you know? Or by nature of what's going on, do they have to be a little hard and a little evil and a little, like, protective and to the point where they'll kill everybody to protect their secret? Perhaps. I mean, well, perhaps. I don't know if they have to be good because if they're sort of cheating death and they've figured out this whole thing, that doesn't make them bad, right? Uh, don't know if it makes them bad, but then they they take someone else's life who was meant for a a long life, then they don't get to control their own body. It seems a little selfish. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it um, evil, but it's uh, they're survivors, you know, so they mm-hmm. need to do what they need to do to survive, and they've been doing this for. However long they've been doing it, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a, a function of survival. If it's you or somebody else, you're going to choose you every time. Yeah, that's true. I probably would. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I Maybe would, not every. That's that's it's a harsh truth. No, you need to take a good long look inside. Well. I'll just say that I would sacrifice myself for the two of you. Oh, oh that's so sweet. Yeah, well, I don't feel the same. I, <laughs> I know that you wouldn't. I just thought I'd throw it out there and try to bridge a gap. That's that's gentle and sweet. I'm, what a I'm sweet, a nice gentle soul a nice you are. Guy. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I don't believe it for a second. That's okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so so then he finally answers that he's been... Jack's been getting this call from the Zimmermans mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, and so he finally, he's like, oh, fine, you know, like, my my buddy cop has abandoned me, I just got the crap kicked out of me, and I'm all out of breath, I might as well take this call. Um, so he finally does, and it's Brud asking about his car, mm-hmm. and uh, if whether he's okay, and it seems like once he gets all of this information out, that's when he said, yes, I'm okay, I'm in Seattle, um, everything's fine. Your car is fine. But Amy's missing. And once all that information is cleared up, 
then like something crazy happens with the phone. We know there are crazy electronics in in this family anyway. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. seen weird stuff with the phone already. The computer in the first episode, how yeah. it just it just crashed when he was looking at the, her calendar. And let's not forget in his flashback, the coffee machine and the the lights went on in the DVR, which could just be like morning stuff that happens. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I honestly it was. It, well, I was thinking about that when that happened. I'm like, oh, the DVR just turned on. I'm like, wait, my DVR just turns on. I'm something. So, but I, but I did think about that in that moment while watching it. But but his phone goes screwy, and then and then Amy's on the phone. Yeah. And, and go on. And she's back home. Right where she said she'd be. Yeah. yeah, she's like, of course, that's where I am. Yeah, that's where I said, come on, you know, what's what's your deal? <laughs> but then after after that, that's when he sees that Todd Crane is standing on the balcony. in the condo. Yeah, yeah, keeping an eye on all this. Yeah, um, maybe he's the head of the society. I would say that if Amy was doing something nefarious with this organization and with the soul and because it seems like as long as she had just you know texted him kept him in the loop a little bit like oh hey honey i'm fine none of this would have happened then so they got to get better about uh about texting and getting back to people keeping their phones on them in general (laughs) yeah keeping their phones on them yeah well it is hard for her to text him when he's got her phone well now here's here's the thing she left the phone in the car. Do you think that this is... It seems too coincidental, right? To just mm-hmm. be she accidentally left her phone. Sure. So do you think, again, going with the idea that there are two souls kind of in charge of this body, that maybe the Amy soul, or the lack of a better term, good soul, left it there on purpose? Like, almost like, I need to leave a clue behind? Or, I mean, I don't know. That's possible. Or is it possible that a soul from 1883 isn't so used to keeping their iPhone on them all the time? Well, clearly they'd been in her for a long time. (laughs) They'd been part of her. All right, I like your theory. Yeah, I'm going to go with Will's theory. That was a little little bit of what I was saying earlier, just that, like, maybe the host soul or whatever can still have some control over the body. So it kind of makes me wonder if Donna was the one who killed herself and not the intruder. Except that she signed it, I am not Donna. True. I don't I don't know, you guys. I, I just, the more we talk about it, the more confused yeah. I become. No, I'm really into this. I'm really into I'm like, you know, I really like, I like that we're clearly, like, hashing. This is fun to hash this out here, though, and yeah. I hope the people at Aren't home. just like, why are you hosting this? We're just yeah. as confused as Because let me tell you what, you don't know either at home. You don't yeah. know. But if you do know, let us know. Yeah, let us know on the YouTube. But I, I think that's a lot of the point of the show is to have a lot of questions and a lot of like breadcrumbs sort of for us to figure out. But I agree. I don't think it's going to be as clear stated and like, this guy is evil. All right, kill him. You know what's funny? I'm convinced that Marcus is probably like really bad. Like at this yeah. point, I'm thinking, you know, he drowned a cat. Like he's clearly like a sociopath. Sure. However, because. I think this little girl is so awesome. I'm like rude. I'm like, but don't catch her. Yeah, I want to see her mess these people up. Like, it's yeah. it's entertaining. It's good. I think it's likely that he's really high up, and maybe that's why he was a target, and that's why they hit him, perhaps, in this nine-year-old or whatever. Yeah. Hidden in a nine-year-old. Oh, shall <sighs> yeah. we get into some news, gentlemen? Let's sure. Do it. Let's do it. 
Will, I know you got some news. Well, about the ratings. The ratings are in, people. And uh, for its first episode, it did really great out of the, the gate. It uh, got 1.5 million viewers. That's live plus three. Uh, bigger than Orphan Black, a show that's near and dear to our hearts, Anna. That's it, that is a show that's near and dear, uh, and it, that surprises me. Yeah, well, it had. It, I know it also had the Doctor Who lead in, and that's a big show for mm, BBC mm-hmm. America. And I'm sure that's going to help intruders along throughout the season. But I hope it keeps up those ratings. I hope people, all those uh, 1.5 million people, decide to stick with it and follow this mystery. How yeah. do you not? I know. See, that's the thing about the show. It's so moody and mysterious that you really I mean, how do you not want to stick with it and see where this is going agreed, agreed. Do, you, do you have more news or no that was well that was my news oh, okay still, do you want to retell I, it um no I don't okay <laughs> thank you for asking I, I knew you cared about me Anna I do yeah alright predictions and now your after buzz TV predictions who wants to start I'll I'll start. Do it. Um, well, I mean, I don't have much, <laughs> but but I mean, one of the things that I I actually did have written down, but we already kind of talked about, it, was I think we're gonna get a I think we're gonna get to the bottom of the Shepherd Marcus animosity next week. Um, I I think that's all gonna come out in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think this poor woman who's driving Madison slash Marcus. I, I'm assuming she's not long for this world. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm, and I'm curious how that goes down. Yeah, I'm assuming that she is the next soul that is harvested. That is maybe, or probably just a casualty of Shepard. Just like casualty. I think it's going to be a casualty you, of Madison. Yeah, I think Madison. I think oh. Madison's going to offer keep her money. Yeah. Wow, that's that's <laughs> yeah. bold. I'll be needing I that. Too. I think I think we're going to see this little nine year old yeah. murder people, <laughs> just like that cat. And I am I am all in. I am all in for children killing people. Yeah. Fictionally, 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 okay. fictionally. It's important. Yes. To <laughs> do you? Well, do you really think that we're going to get to the? You said like the. I think we're going to get to the bottom of their animosity. Bottom. Sure. But uh, we're still not going to know how any of this happened. But I think the the at least their animosity. I think we will. Do you think we're going to meet um, Allison Madison's mother's lover? Do you think he plays in at all? Oh yeah. I, th- I don't think so. I, I don't know. I, I would like to think so because you got a name check there, and then the husband Simon kind of runs out there, and she chases him out. I think we got to get more of that, especially since Shepard didn't kill them, and that's kind of his mo to come in there and just yeah. wreck the place. I think we're going to meet him. I think he's going to play him because I don't think you drop a full name for no yeah, reason. Yeah, first and yes, last that's name. True. Yeah. He could have just said, "Has he met your lover, your boyfriend?" Whatever, yeah, you this know? is no co-star. This is a first name, last name. So. It's yeah. a big job for somebody. And the fact that uh, the husband also kind of knows the name, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just feel like Clearly he's going to show up again. friend of the family. Friend of the family. <laughs> seem that friendly. All right, gentlemen, where can we find you throughout the week? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link, and you can also listen to my pot, my pop culture podcast, Will Sean Podcast, which I host with someone named Sean, um, <laughs> on, on iTunes and on the Westcast Network. Wonderful. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Johnson, Instagram the Isaac Johnson, and head over to my YouTube page, also the Isaac Johnson, and check out a short film called The Forge that I was in that is out. 
Fantastic. Um, and you can follow me at Copple for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. You can also catch Isaac and I in a couple of hours buzzing about Ray Donovan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you can catch us all here next week. Thanks for joining us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 